Welcome back into the mental game. I'm your host, Brandon Seho, and this week's guest is former college star quarterback Shea Patterson. And in this episode, Shea opens up about being a five-star recruit coming out of high school, his college career at quarterback at both Ole Miss and Michigan, the ups and downs he experienced both on and off the field, and how he is still chasing that NFL dream. All of that and much, much more in this episode. But before we get started, let's kick things off with this week's mental health tip of the week, powered by one in five and is all about mental tours surrounding ourselves with people who fill us up is essential we naturally fuel off the energy of others being around people you admire and who appreciate your worth is fulfilling so it's important to find mentors to add to your support system they can be your boss supervisor family member teacher coach or anyone who creates a positive environment and someone who you can learn from but it is also essential to return the favor to your community and be a mentor for others this creates strong supportive environments where people are positively learning and growing to reach their full potential. And if you or anyone you know needs help finding a therapist or any mental health resources, go ahead and scan the QR code in the bottom right-hand corner of the screen. It'll be up this entire episode, and it'll take you directly to One in Five's homepage, where their mission is to prevent suicide by stopping the stigma and starting the conversation. Now it is time for a new conversation right here on The Mental Game with former star college quarterback, Shea Patterson. Welcome back into the mental game. I'm joined today by former college star quarterback Shay Patterson. And Shay, I just want to say thanks for coming on, man. I'm honored to have you on this. Brandon, thank you so much for having me, man. Can't wait to talk about everything. Uh, let me ask you this first, because what I do with every single guest, what does mental health mean to you? Um, mental health is, is probably the most important factor. I think whether you're an athlete or businessman or just really just a normal normal person, I think it's it's key to to your success. I, you had a lot of success throughout your career. Let's start when you're coming out of high school. You're one of or the top player in the country. I, I know your senior year you transferred to IMG Academy. It's you know the best of the best play there, and you pick Ole Miss. But it, as a recruit that highly touted and a five star recruit. Did you have to start kind of focusing on the mental game a little bit more than most do at 16, 17 years old because of your high profile? Um, dude, I didn't even know what the mental game was in high school or really the early parts of my college career. Um, you know, when you're that young, you're just so focused on, on what you're doing and your goals that nothing around you can affect it because, I mean, you're not dealing with real-life problems yet. Um, unless you've already been through something. Um, but no, man, it wasn't until, really until I transferred to Michigan that, you know, I started to feel uh, an obligation to, to take care of my mental health. Because um, everything before that, man, and especially in high school, like, I had goals just to, you know, be, be the best quarterback in the country, you know, go out and win the state championship and then go and, you know, be the number one quarterback in the country and then, start as freshman. It was just simple. Like I didn't, you know, everything was so simple back then. And, uh, you know, and then when kind of life hits you, it forces you to, to kind of lock in mentally and um, take care of your mental health. Was it hard at all to have, I mean, I know you wanted the attention and wanted to be the best player in the country, but at that age, was it 
kind of hard to have all that attention or was that your expectation? So you were just used to it. Uh, it was definitely more, more of my expectation. You know, I, I expected to go out there and have success. And I, ex I, I was committed to Arizona when I was, a I was really in eighth grade. So mm -hmm. the attention and the, as far as just doing interviews, like every other day, talking to people and, um, really talking about my goals every day. So that's, that was kind of second nature to me um, at an early age. So there was no real negative impact early on. When, when you're playing at Ole Miss, uh, the SEC, that's the top of, of top of the food chain in college football. What was that like when you finally got to take snaps under center there and compete in the SEC as the quarterback at Ole Miss? Man, it was, it's wild to think about now. Um, but then again, like you go back and like, it's kind of what I expected to do. Um, it's what I worked, you know, 15 years on just, you know, preparing for that moment. So my first college start was, was at A&M and, uh, I was thinking about, um, oh, I, I was redshirting that entire year, entire year. It's funny. Cause you said that you were at the LSU game while I was in my dorm, mm -hmm. um, but then the following following week, Chad Kelly tears his ACL, and then you know you go from that to you know starting against Miles Garrett and you know at Kyle Field in front of 115,000 people. So it's just like, but at the same time, I was I was working my my uh, my ass off every single day preparing for that moment. So um, it was a blessing, man. I loved Oxford, loved Oxford. Still talk to a lot of people from there. Um, you know, good friends with DK and AJ and still in Van Jefferson, so many guys that I keep in contact with. So um, it was a huge blessing. You know, I, I worked with Joe Burrow and, and talked to him about being always being ready. And that's, you know, kind of what happened with him at Ohio State. He never got to see the field, but was always, like you said, working his ass off, keeping that steady mindset of you just got to be ready for when your time comes. Is it difficult at all to just keep your head down and keep chugging when – you aren't playing right away like you had hoped? Um, back then, it was like, it was more frustrating because, mm -hmm. you know, I knew I knew eventually, you know, whether it was this season or the next season, like I was going to be the guy for the next three or four years. Um, so I think in terms of like now, because I'm still playing, um, I think now it's a lot more difficult because the, the opportunities dwindle a little bit and you only get, you know, one opportunity every every year or so now. So, um, but no, man, I think, uh, I read something where Joe was, was transferring because we transferred at the same time period when he went mm -hmm. to LSU and I went to Michigan. Um, coach O actually met with both of us. Um, but he, uh, he said something about Alabama to where they're going to take him and maybe they can be his backup. And I guess his reply was, you know, you must not know about me. Um, so that's kind of, that's not, it's kind of somewhere, somewhere I can relate with him and, and his, his mindset. Well, I'll hit on this before we get to Michigan then. So, cause I covered LSU, so I know coach O too. What was the conversation like, uh, with coach O when you met with him? Cause so did you meet about transferring from Ole Miss to LSU with coach O? Yeah, he drove. So he drove to, it was like a week where I was making my decision. Um, mm -hmm. it was between, it was really between LSU and Michigan at the end. Um, and it was funny cause in, in Joe Burrow's Heisman speech, he talked about talking to Coach O and 
and said, hey, listen, man, you know, I got the keys to Ferrari and, uh, you know, we need, need somebody to operate at a high level. So um, that, I think it was the exact same, probably was the exact same conversation that he had with Joe, but, uh, but yeah. It's uh so, so that obviously he, that, he, that drove, he drove to Oxford. He drove to Oxford and then picked me up like 45 minutes away. We and he, he we drove around for 30 minutes and then a day later, Coach Harbaugh flies in and, and meets me at my house. And so that was yeah, it was it was a wild couple of days. Yeah. So at what point did you make the decision that, yeah, it's time to transfer and get a fresh start? And why did you want to do that? I mean, the reason why I did it was because I wanted to win a national championship. I wanted to win a conference title. I wanted to to do a lot of things in college. And when I came to Ole Miss, you know, people had their different opinions on why I left. Or the sole reason was because I wanted to compete for a national championship. And you know, I could have waited there for two or three years for the sanctions to be over, but um, that really wasn't aligned with my path. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, the, the sole reason was just, to, and I was, I was lied to a little bit, you know, I, they were, I was told that, you know, the sanctions wouldn't be in effect during my time there. And, you know, the next, you know, the next day, you know, the head coach gets fired and the guy who recruited me gets fired. So was it hard with social media when you decided to transfer? Did, did fans come after you? I mean, you're right in the heart of when social media started to get at its peak with Twitter, um, what was that like? Did you have, you know, I'm sure you had support from friends, teammates, you know, family, but did you have to battle social media? And how do you do that as a high-level athlete when you are trying to transfer? Of course. Um, yeah, obviously got a lot, of, a lot of hate and a lot of, uh, you know, just negativity from the people who didn't support um, the transfer or really support me at all. Um, that So that was tough to navigate, but it, I had good family around me and good people around me in my life to help me navigate that. Absolutely. You know, everyone is blessed to have that. Now let's, let's go to Ann Arbor. Now you go to Michigan, you're up there. What, what was the experience like at Michigan to be the starting quarterback at the big house, getting to face off with Ohio state, getting to play in the big 10, a little bit different than the sec, but still high, high level competition. You get your fresh start. Did you feel like a rejuvenation when you got up there and you're getting to wear those Jordan branded, uh, blue jerseys and, and put on that Wolverine helmet. Did you feel, uh, you know, that fresh start was real then for you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Um, that, that junior year, I know we opened up and lost against Notre Dame, but that junior year was amazing, man. Um, I grew up 45 minutes from Ann Arbor in Toledo, Ohio. So me and my dad used to go to football games and I used to be, uh, you know, that kid that I'd, because during every game, you take a bus through the, the tailgates and you go and walk into the stadium. And I would always picture me and my dad or, you know, me and my brothers just out there in the tailgate and just, just realized how blessed and fortunate I, w- I was and, you know, to, to have experienced that. So, um, but no, it was, it was definitely a dream come true because my dad used to tell me bedtime stories all the time about me playing at Michigan. And then it's crazy how it happened. Yeah, that's that's incredible to have, you know, dreams like that, okay. then come to fruition and then like realize, like, do you ever have to pinch yourself the first time you ran out and slapped the banner? Or was there just a moment when you're playing at Michigan where you're like, damn, I'm really doing this. Yeah. That happens like right after the national anthem where you, I mean, 
you know, there's silence and then, you know, you hear the national anthem and then the crowd goes freaking crazy. So, you know, in those moments, I always just thanked, thanked God for, for being in that situation. But big house is awesome. All right. You play at Michigan after transferring from Ole Miss. I'm assuming you obviously had goals to be an NFL starting quarterback. Um, what was that process like with the senior bowl and the combine and how were teams feeling you out? What did you hear? What did you think was going to happen, you know, come April with the draft? Um, it's crazy. Cause I was, you know, I'm in a position right now where I'm fighting for my career and it's, I mean, it's going on year two mm-hmm. of, of being, being out of that, you know, realm of, cause you got young guys coming up, you got, um, just a lot of guys staying healthy in the league already. So the, the window's dwindling if it already hasn't, but I don't believe it has. Um, but that process was, I mean, it was fun. It was something I always wanted to go through. I always wanted to go to the NFL combine. I, you know, I always, you know, wanted to get drafted, even though it didn't happen. Uh, I was thankful for the process, but, um, definitely didn't expect to not get drafted. Um, so when that happened, uh, I got picked up by the Kansas city chiefs, like a month later after the draft. So it was mm-hmm. just a month of just anxiety and stress and just like, what the heck's going on. Um, and then after that, like I, it was during the COVID year. So like they had Chad Henney, Pat, Pat Mahomes. Um, and, uh, I think Jordan Tamar as well in the room already who they were already paying. Cause I signed, I signed a free agent deal for no money. Um, yeah. it's a, it's definitely a, you know, business in the NFL. So I went through like three months of virtual meetings and then never got to Kansas city. Uh, cause they went from like 90 some to 60 some. So that was, that was tough. Yeah. And I don't want to, you know, go down that, that broken road, but I think a lot of people that watch this probably have got to the point where they are about to achieve that ultimate goal, that ultimate dream, and then have to take an alternate route that either doesn't happen or mm-hmm. like you're doing still trying to make it happen. Were there dark days in between then and now where, you know, you, you're a pretty motivated guy. You've always competed at a high level and been athletic and being a high performer, but were there dark days where you had to mm-hmm. pick yourself up or somebody else had to, and it just, it was just a bad day. You couldn't get out of it. Yeah. I remember when I got let go, um, there was like a, a two and a half month period where I was just completely out of it. Um, you know, my family noticed it, you know, I was getting fat, um, you know, sleeping in, not working out. And then just one day I just woke up and it was just like, just kind of decided, decided who I wanted to be and decided that I'm going to go after it with everything I got, you know, cause the pain of, you know, not getting somewhere, you know, you're supposed to be and, um, giving up is, I mean, it's a lot easier to give up. It's a lot easier right. to give up. Um, so what I did was I moved away from home, went to Nashville by myself. Um, didn't really know anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and just found a trainer, found a trainer. I, I studied every single morning, um, signed it with a new agent and kind of just restarted. Um, really, uh, the whole entire process. And, 
construction, the, the mind, you know, got in the best shape of my life. Um, then ended up playing in the, the spring league following after that. Um, actually blew that shit up. I don't know why the heck, why the heck I didn't get a chance after that. Um, and then, you know, when that kind of happened, I'm kind of going into the whole story. I don't know if you want to. No, go ahead. This is what this is all about. Yeah, play to play by play. <laughs> yeah. So after that, I didn't get an opportunity. I actually did get an opportunity. I worked out for the Ravens. Um, went like 35 for 35 in my private workout. And then they had RG3. They had Trace McSorley and, and obviously Lamar. And they didn't really have room in the quarterback room. Mm-hmm. Um, so they said, you know, hey, you know, stay healthy, stay ready. You know, we might give you a call. So I did that. And then a couple weeks later, I actually got a, a workout with the Houston Texans. And uh, Bill O'Brien um, brought me in. And I quarantined for for six days. And on the seventh day, Bill O'Brien got fired. And then uh, my camps, my work, I was literally on my way to the workout. And I got a text saying, you know, hey, you got to just fire you a fight home. Can't work out today. I thought for sure I was going to get signed in that moment because I was so ready for it and they showed a lot of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so when that happened, that kind of, you know, sent me back just a little bit and then, um, nothing really materialized in the NFL after that. So I just went up to Canada for a year and, you know, went up to Vancouver and Montreal, got to experience a bunch of different things. And then, uh, just this past off season, I, I did an internship with Michigan. Um, Went back to school, working on my degree, because when I transferred, I lost like 20 credits. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm still still working on that. And then obviously the US, USFL opportunity. So still the goal, NFL. And how long have you been li- living in Nashville now, working out, working on that? Uh, for two years. Okay. Two years, since, ever since uh, 2020, yeah. You, you honestly feel like that's still uh, – an achievable goal like that is that has to be you're still driven by that every single day when you wake up yeah and i think um i just can't convince myself that it can't happen right now like why not um Mm -hmm. you know i'm still finding ways to make money and support myself but i'm still waking up every day getting after it um you know with a definite purpose in mind what I'm, what I'm trying to achieve. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, you got guys like PJ Walker who play in the XFL and then, you know, kind of just get in the door. Mm-hmm. You guys got, you got guys like, uh, Taylor Heineke, who's 28 years old, 29 years old. I, I don't know. Actually, he might be older. I don't know. Um, he was a backup in the XFL and then just, you know, once he, once he gets his opportunity, um, kind of take the most of it. What has, uh, just your whole football journey been like the highs and lows to like we talked about earlier being that five-star number one player in the country Ole Miss transferring to Michigan go through the combine don't get drafted and then you just I mean those free agent visits especially the one in Houston is just heartbreaking because you feel like you're right on the edge of getting there Um, do you feel like it's been a roller coaster, or is it still? Or do you not look at it like that because you're still motivated, still getting up every day, trying to achieve that goal? Yeah, you know, I, I think like life is like a roller coaster, man. It's just, you know, not everything is going to be how you want it, um, in a, in the exact time that you want it to happen. Um, but 
I mean, if you have the just the fundamental fundamental belief of just applying the faith, really, is, mm-hmm. is kind of what holds me together. Are there uh, are there any guys that are in the league or that you played with that that have kind of you've kept in touch with that have you know maybe talked you through some of this when when we talked about those three months where it was really really tough? Was there a guy or two that really helped you through all this? Yeah, man. Um, trying to, I'm, I won't get emotional, but uh, so I had a buddy who I who I had met when I was in fifth grade. We played on Team USA together. Mm-hmm. Um, we, com- we competed against each other every single day in high school, all throughout the country. Um, went to the Elite Eleven together. We, you know, we played in a, the biggest rivalry game of all of college football. Um, and he's, I mean, it's Dwayne Haskins. He was, he was the kid who, you know, we'd reach out to each other every other week, just check on each other. And, you know, during that time period of, you know, just since 2020 on, you know, he would check on me. He's a busy, he's a busy ass dude. You know, he's, he's He's an NFL quarterback, and I know, you know how busy it can be. But every other week, man, he'd see my workouts that I post on Instagram. Um, and I don't do it for attention. I just do it to let people know that I'm still fucking ready. Um, but, you know, he would just check in on me, man. How's everything How's everything going? How's everything doing? You know, I still believe in you was, uh, was really the last thing he said to me, um, you know, a couple of days before he passed. So, you know, I had that have that screensaver on the back of my phone. I can't imagine what what that day was like for you, and I can only give you my prayers and condolences. And to hear about that, that brotherhood and that bond, because you hear that so much in football, especially guys at the same position, and you guys growing up together. Um, do you look at, at him as a mo- maybe the number one motivation for you now, or a top motivation? to go out there and do this thing and make it for a guy that always believed in you just to achieve that for him? I would definitely say uh, that he has a huge impact of, of why I get up every single day and, uh, and do what I do. Um, and obviously it's my family and my loved ones. I do it for and myself. I do it for, but, and he's right here. He's right here all, all the time. So and that's huge. What were, um, what were some of the things that, that you guys shared and talked about um, when, when it came on and off the field that was consistent? You know, a lot of guys have, um, I don't know if sayings is the right word or like just what brought you guys together so close? Was it just playing together? Was it, was it humor? Was it, what, why were you guys so close? I think just energy, man, just the, his energy was so contagious and, I think we were a little, you know, similar on that end. And we just, even though we were the, you know, the top one and two or three quarterbacks in the country and then, you know, competed in college, we just like never looked at it that way. It was just, we were always just cool. You know, we always wish each other um, success. Um, But no, man, yeah, you know, he'd be playing Michigan State and I played him the week before. You know, just give give him a little rundown of the defense and then, you know, just, little nuances here and there throughout the season, but yeah. So did you guys grow up in the same area or you guys were just competing at 
like the Team USA, the Elite 11 camps together? Yeah, no, we didn't grow up in the same area. We just, in in sixth grade, we played in Team USA. Um, he was short and fat back then. Um, we, uh, but now I remember, I was like, who the heck is this dude? Because at that age, I'm like, oh, man, I'm the best, you know. Right. This dude's pretty freaking good, too, you know. Um, but, yeah, Austin, Texas is, is where we met. We met, stayed in a dorm, I think, at the University of Texas dorm together. And uh, and played. We met there. And then just, just really ever since then, up until our senior year in high school, we just went to every single camp together. Um, and really just formed a, formed a pretty good relationship. Yeah, and, and you said that's still – that that's the background of your phone or your phone wallpaper is – the what he had said to you right yeah yeah just that constant reminder every day to push you while you get up out of bed Mhm. Mhm. lately it has been lately it definitely has been just just with you know obviously what happened but right right well I, i'm really appreciative for you for sharing that the last thing i'm going to ask is uh you know there's a lot of young athletes that are going to be watching this that maybe were in your were, your shoes six seven years ago and what would be your biggest advice to guys that are coming out of high school that want to play college football what's your biggest advice to them don't get a girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm just kidding now you can get a, if, it's, if it's a good one get a girlfriend um you know it, it takes a certain certain type of hunger um, every single day um, especially when you get in, you're a freshman. You're like, man, I'm ready to go. Let's go. You know, every mm -hmm. single day. Um, I think the goal would be, and I, I heard it from my strength coach at Ole Miss when I first walked in. He said, uh, my goal is to get you guys to harness and keep the same hunger and motivation you have right now up to the point you leave here. Um, so I think. Just my biggest advice would be, you know, stay hungry every single day. Um, obviously, learn, read, learn how to read to, to take care of your mental health because there's going to be a lot of obstacles, there's going to be a lot of roller coasters. You're going to fail, you know. Learn how to deal with that if you don't already know. Um, don't pay attention to, to social media. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes it, it's it's good to see highlights and stuff of yourself and watch it before games and visualize. You know the stuff you want to do on the field but stay off that as much as you can during the season um be where you're supposed to be when you need to be there um and just have fun man have fun because it because it uh it'll go by in a blink of an eye well this has been a fun conversation shay i appreciate it a lot i think your story and many others that i'm talking to on here will definitely make a difference i appreciate it man no doubt brandon thank you and what a great conversation that was with Shea Patterson, especially the part where he opens up about his friendship with the late Dwayne Haskins, his friend he played against growing up through his teenage years, as you heard him tell those stories. And then, of course, the Ohio State-Michigan rivalry. And that is an incredible story that he is still his motivation as he chases his NFL dream. Coming up next week, right back here in the Mental Game, we have another great guest, Tara Schuster, who is an incredible author. Before that, she was the VP of Development and Talent at Comedy Central. She was the actual brain behind the show you know and love, Key and Peel, that and much, much more. But now she is also a mental health advocate 
get an author behind two incredible books. She is my next guest on The Mental Game, and she has a lot of great stories to tell and advice to give that we'll bring to you right back here next week. 